Welcome back to the Swim Swim Breakdown. As always, I'm your host, Coleman Hodges, coming to you from Austin, Texas, joined by Yin Yin Lee from Madison, New Jersey. We've had a slew of big swim meets. Oh, first of all, Yin Yin, how was your first college finals week? Um, They were something, not a traditional <laughs> finals week, because all of my classes had final papers, and hmm. I was at home because I went home after Thanksgiving. I don't have to be back until New Year's because all my finals are online. So it was just a lot of me in my room or my town library just at a computer typing. And I think my brain has just become word vomit. But I'm very glad it's over. It just made me so mentally tired. All the writing is not fun. I mean, honestly, aside from not taking a ton of tests, that sounds like a pretty typical college finals week. <laughs> Just a yeah. lot of time in your room or yeah. in the local library disintegrating your brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure I got cramps after <laughs> taking the finals. Like, I didn't brain do cramps. anything. I did No, like physical cramps, not brain cramps. It's actually so, yeah, not fun. Well, that's congrats on making it through. Congrats on finishing your first semester of college. Now uh, let's test your brain in, quarter in of the college, swimming realm. Yes. Okay, yes. right. I forgot they're on quarters. I actually just at US Open, I saw Rachel Stratton Mills and she <laughs> informed me that Northwestern was on quarters and I had yeah. since forgotten. So thanks for the double reminder. All right, let's get down. Let's get down to the real finals week which was, I, I think, this past week of swimming. <laughs> uh, we had we had quite a few meets to end the year on. We're talking about U.S. Open, both Winter Juniors meets, and short course European Championships today. I'm going to start in Bucharest, Romania, for our international listeners with short course Euros. We saw a world record from Dan Whiffen. He absolutely crushed the oldest world record in the books, which was held by Grant Hackett in the short course meter 800 freestyle. He dropped, cut cut three seconds off of that, uh, brought it down to 720. Ben Proud almost dipped under Caleb Dressel's 50 meter freestyle world record as well. We saw many other sensational swims. Um, Yin Yin, what stood out to you the most from Romania? I think it speaks to me how much stronger the european men are than the european women because almost all of the strong headline deserving swims came from the men at least those were the swims that i heard about the most daniel within ben proud noe ponty had a few good swims but on the woman's side i didn't really see that much especially since Arguably the top European female swimmer, Sarah Schoistrom, wasn't there. So I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. I uh, yeah, I almost forgot that Noe Ponti became one of very few people to sweep. Well, sorry, this was at a European Championships, not a World Championships. But it, it, again, sweeping a 50-100-200 of any stroke at, at a major meet is a very notable accomplishment, I think. Especially... When in the fifty, you're you're taking down the world record holder, and and coming within four one hundredths of said world record. Yeah, I, I feel like he had a really good swim. Uh, 
I thought the Brits looked great. Um, it was great to see J- James Guy go to a new training center, new coach. He's training with Matt Richards now. Um, he's just a few months into that cycle, and already we're seeing kind of that payoff. He went a best time in the 200 freestyle. That was his first podium at a major meet in the 200 freestyle, I think he said in seven years. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> which was awesome to see. And, and him and Matt Richard, Matt won. James Guy got second um, by just a few 100s. Surprising that David Popovich was off that podium. He got a narrow fourth, uh, but then he bounced back to get a bronze in the 100 free, which the hometown crowd loved. Um, by what, two 100s, too. Yeah, that that 100 free, uh, I did catch that race, and it was a marquee race, very exciting to watch. Um, <laughs> I feel like some people... Uh, we're saying, is this it for David Popovich? Did he, did he fly cl- too close to the sun? And now his career's over or not over, but trending downwards, um, especially in, swimming in front of a home crowd and taking home a bronze medal in, I think he swam four individuals, three individuals. Um, what do you make of David Popovich right now and where he's at in his career? I don't know. I mean, it, it was good to see him on the podium in his short course, which isn't his strong suit. I feel like with a lot of these swimmers from smaller countries who we don't really get as much coverage on because they're not at these big trials meets, we don't really know where they're at until the big world championships, Olympic meet happens in the summer. So... I don't know. I don't really know what to make from a fall winter short course meet, but it's it's really nice to see the love that he gets in his home country because swimmers aren't typically the superstars in their country, but it is he is in Romania, so that that was cool to see. Um and he had his banner on like the fa- he had his face on a banner on the side of a building, which is pretty awesome. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, and I just wanted to go back and add, I really liked seeing Casper Corbeau take home the gold in 200 200 breaths because it seemed like for the past few years, he's been at international meets, but it's always felt like he's just been there. He's not really doing anything. He's he's just swimming, making semifinals, maybe finals, but now he seems like a legitimate podium threat maybe even overtaking Arno Kaminga as the top at least 200 breaststroker in the Netherlands he went 207 in long course so it's really nice to see him have that progression after leaving Texas agreed uh we, we saw him go to Texas and kind of ascend as as this uh <clears throat> very good NCAA breaststroker and then now we've seen him make this move to the Netherlands and kind of his his trajectory has gone upwards in terms of being a really great Dutch and international breaststroker, which is exciting for him. He's made his, I think, second Olympic team. Um, you know, he's qualified for Paris. Um, he, yeah, just won his first European title in that 200 breaststroke. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see the Dutch breaststrokers s- narrative play out because i feel like arno was sick 
for the 2022 world champ. Yeah. And we haven't necessarily seen him bounce back to kind of the form we saw mm-hmm. him in a few years ago where he was just racing all the time and winning all the time. You know, at this meet, he, I don't, I think he meddled, um, but you know, he, he wasn't necessarily winning or going best times. And obviously in an Olympic year, a short course European meet might not be the focus or a meet you're even resting for that much. But um, I, I think even at long course meets that they've been competing at um, Casper's been able to, you know, touch Arno out once or twice. And so it's, it'll be interesting to see as we get closer to the Olympics, how they sharpen their knives and how we see those races play out because yeah, like you said, Casper might be in a place where he can ascend to being the top breaststroker uh, from the Netherlands. I think there's a lot of mixed medley relay implications there because mm-hmm. right now I still think Arno is better in the 100 breast, but whoever gets that breaststroke spot on the Dutch mixed medley relay might be um, contending for relay medal because that's the relay that they have the best shot at meddling in. So that's, that's another conversation to have. One of my favorite parts of this short course European championships was the relay selection that they went with because there were, I don't think there were any four by two relays, but there were mixed four by 50 relays and there were four by 50 relays. Uh, I think there was a four by 100 relay somewhere, but I could be wrong on that. I, it, Actually, I'm looking at it now, and I think it might just be 50 relays. So I love that <laughs> they're just they're just doing short relays at this meet. It's all about it's short course. We're going short. I, I very much appreciate that. It's a great day for the distance haters. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Um, so yeah, a lot of good things at that meet. Like you said, I, I think the women's side was not yeah not as many highlights, but again the best European female athlete, Sarah Schostrom opted out of this meet. Uh, and so I think that was a little disappointing because it's always great when she's in the pool, but as a result, a bit of, yeah, not as much a premier swimming on the women's side. It's so funny because Michelle Coleman, the winner of the 53, she won in 23, five. That's, literally like a tenth off of what Sarah Stroistrom went in long course this summer. Just goes to show how dominant Sarah Stroistrom is right now. No kidding. But also kudos to Michelle Coleman, who I think this summer she made her first international final. And then this was her first European, you know, major international title ever at 29 years old. So She's hanging in yeah, there and, uh, you know, she's doing some of her best swimming of her career right now, which is mm-hmm. uh, a very cool storyline and great to see. Oh, of course. All right. That that about does it for short course heroes, I think. Again, if you want to do a deep dive into uh, everything that happened, all the narratives, head to Swim Swam. Uh, we have all the results, all the reporting. Let's go stateside to the winter junior championships we had east we had west i loved that they were technically east and west but they were really not very far apart the east happened in columbus ohio 
and the West was in Westmont, Illinois, which is right outside of Chicago. All right, right off the bat, Yin-Yin, better meet East or West. Oh, East for sure. East is co- just Fine. considerably deeper. The West, their top swimmers, like Maximus Williams and Tegan O'Dell, might contend with swimmers in the East, but just overall, the East was a much, much deeper field. And I'm just using the boys, the boys 500 free as an example. I think almost everyone in the final broke seven swimmers in the final broke 420, which for a high school meet, that is pretty crazy. Whereas on the west side, it was just Cooper Lucas who won, but the rest of the rest of the field was pretty meh. So that that's just one example. Overall, I just only going 422 in high school. Boo. No, 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 no. It was the West was 416, 419, 419, 419, 423, 423, 425, 432. But then the East was hold on. I'm pulling up the results right now. Um the East was 414, 415, 417, 418, 419, 419, 424. And the guy who went 424, Nathan Sabota, his best times of 419. So But she went in the morning, right? Or he went close to it in the morning? uh yeah yeah he went 419 in the morning just didn't so, have a great final so yeah yeah so eight 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 boys that all went under 420 that day yeah and that's just one example i just felt like the east overall just had more standout swims no absolutely as i was uh checking into results every night like i would do a more thorough investigation of the east and then i would briefly oh, I check in <laughs> I with too. the west be like what did Maximus swim? What yeah. maybe like what did Tegan go? Um, but yeah, other than that, it was kind of like okay, yeah. The the East was was a much deeper uh, meet, which I, it's kind of funny how it changes every year. I think last year overall the West was a much deeper meet, due in large part because we had the Sandpipers there, um, mm. you know, Bella, Katie, Claire, uh, and so that. <laughs> Yeah, it was a huge um, momentum shift from last year to this year. Mm-hmm. But uh, obviously, there were a lot of sensational swims. Um, Yin Yin, tell me what swims stood out to you. And then I'm going to come in with a few swims that might have gone under the radar, but were still kind of mind blowing. That's funny because I personally was paying more attention to those swims that maybe didn't get as much attention but have a lot but have large implications for maybe recruiting rankings just because i did mm-hmm. a lot of that this mm-hmm. summer obviously you've got the thomas hillmans and the maximus williamsons and the alex shackles and the tegan odell's and the charlotte crushes of the world but i a lot of the swims that stood out to me and a lot of the swimmers that stood out to me were swimmers that were are really fast but maybe not making headlines uh, one of them was Luca Battaglini's 53. He went 1906, which is crazy. His underwaters are Hoffer-esque. He mm. almost became the third swimmer to break 18, break 19 in the 53. I thought that was a pretty <clears throat> impressive swim. A little bit overshadowed by Hauman's nag, but just overall very good. There are some other swimmers in general that I think had phenomenal meets. Greg Enoch 
of Carmel was one of them. He went 414 in the 500 free. Um, and he set a bunch of other big personal bests. I think his recruiting ranking stock is going to go up a lot mm-hmm. after this meet. He went... And he's he committed one, to Louisville, right? Louisville, yeah. And speaking of Louisville, two of their commits, one, in, one was Caroline Larson, who is coming to Louisville next fall she went 21-9 in the 53 and then julie mishler who's a 2025 commit she went 21-8 so the fact that the louisville women have two 21.50 freestyles coming in is really good for their program and i think louisville is a program that's known for developing a lot of their swimmers rather than just getting great recruits off the bat so the fact that they're getting two really good recruits on the woman's side alongside their reputation for developing i think that's a really lethal combination and their sprinters they the the uh situation they have in their sprint crew right now is yeah. phenomenal yeah like they awesome. are so deep and so young in their sprint core right now i think it's like you know their best four sprinters are maybe a senior a junior and two sophomores something like that so that's <clears throat> good news for them yeah and Jillian Crooks, another female sprinter, she was phenomenal. 47-3 in the 100 free. Crazy fast. Yeah. Yeah. Her Uh, her and Camille Spink are going to be a lethal duo in college. Yeah. So, yeah, once again, Jillian Crooks joining her brother at Tennessee next year? Yeah, next year. Okay. So she'll arrive in the fall of 24. But uh, yeah, she's continuing to develop training at the TAC Titans. Is that correct? Yeah, with with the TAC Titans. Okay. So with that, you know, very, very established uh, program that, um, I mean, I think they're more known for their shorter events, right? For for developing sprinters like Claire Curzan. I mean, Charlotte Hook also came from that program. Great middle distance swimmer. David Curtis is training there now. So, mm-hmm. um, well, you went way deeper than I was going to, but <laughs> I, I did, you said the Charlotte crushes of the world and I know she set the nag 49, five in the hundred back as a 15 year old. Some of our commenters were saying sh- she might've gone a little far on her first underwater might've gone past 15. Honestly, a, the, the quality of the video was not good. B, it's at an angle. It's hard to tell. There was no call. And so I, I'm guessing it will be ratified as a national age group record. It's a phenomenal swim, no matter what. I mean, even if she hadn't, even if she did go past 15, maybe, maybe take a couple tenths off of it, you know, 49, yeah. seven. Um, but it was a sensational swim. The, the swim I thought didn't get talked about enough was her leading off the medley relay, the tuner medley relay in 23 two which on the first night of the meet and like that was the swim that stood out to me more than any other swim besides maybe like heilman and maximus's 200 freestyles but like from the medley relay i was like are you kidding me like 23 two i i i know shackle alex shackle went the uh fastest 50 fly split of all time but we already it knew was the was like, third fastest Gretchen and really? Gretchen Walsh and Maggie McNeil have both in 21. No, Gretchen Walsh went 21.91 and then Maggie McNeil went 21.8. I don't know. I said to fix the headline for that. Okay. I don't, I don't know if we did or not. 
well, we falsely reported something. That's the <laughs> first time that's ever happened in swim swam history. Uh, but Charlotte, yeah, I did not expect Charlotte Crush going 23 2. To put that into context, there were two women who were faster than that at the 2023 NCAAs. That's Gretchen Walsh and Catherine Burkoff. And then Claire Curzan also went 23 2, leading off Stanford's medley relay. So, you know, she would be faster than any other woman in the country aside from the, those three who are all NCAA champions. And, uh, and she's 15. Yeah. So speaking of that, I actually have a question about that. I don't know if you'd be able to answer better than me since you're more involved in the realm of competitive swimming than I am, but there's a trend, especially in yards of just kids swimming mind blowingly fast. And, just being competitive with some of the top swimmers in the NCA. Is this a trend where swimming period is getting faster? Or are we seeing a trend where swimmers are really going all out in high school, but maybe burning out a little bit in college? Like where is this going to lead to? That's Especially great... with the female swimmers. Man, that's, that's a great question. That's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately in in the framing of what how do media and audiences <clears throat> view a sensational swim like what's what qualifies as that because kids like maximus and thomas who are going times that would qualify for a finals at nc2a's as 16 and 17 year olds you know as juniors in high school it's like that's really really crazy but then we look at the women's side and we have women who are going times that would challenge to win in c2a's but that's a little more common because women you know typically peak earlier in age you know it's like we've seen that a lot more in terms of look at the sandpipers look at missy franklin look at reagan smith you know like you can go back and you see a lot of, of females who swim their best in high school or early or, or, or early college, whereas I think men have a little longer of a runway typically to develop and peak. So it's interesting. Like, I think we've always seen fast high schoolers um, compared to what is happening in the NCAA at, at, on some level. Um, I think it's less common on the men's side again, because they get to college, they develop a lot, um, physically and, and then they start going faster times. You know, you, you have someone like Phelps who was fast, super young, but that's less common. Um, but what, certainly what we are seeing is the sport as a whole getting faster, right? So college swimming is getting exponentially faster it's getting so deep i feel like every year you have a few more events that just gain a ton of depth right like for example the women's 500 free last year not that great right the ncaa final 430 sorry yeah 436 was the winning time this year we already have multiple women i think four or five women who have been faster than that um and so it's like, it, it just keeps getting deeper and deeper. 
And I think that's, we're starting to see that trickle down to high school. Um, are you sure that's trickling down to high school or are the high schoolers coming to the NCA and making the 500 faster? Because when you compare the 500 free right now in the NCA to how fast it has been historically, it's still not very fast. It's more like last year's 500 free was so slow and we're getting faster in it. I would tend to say, I mean, I don't have the, the answer objectively. I would tend to think it comes from the top end and then it trickles down. I don't think you see like high schoolers going fast and that's going to make college swimmers faster or you see high schoolers going fast and then they come to the NCAA and that's what makes the NCAA faster necessarily. I would tend to say that college swimming gets faster. High schoolers see that, you know, it's like, I don't think Maximus and Thomas go 131 and 132 if they haven't seen multiple guys go 129 before. Right. I mean, I mean, I don't think there's a direct correlation, but it definitely, it definitely it's like a more of a general trend and mm -hmm. i want to go back to your point about how guys tend to really s develop more in college and see a lot of their improvement there and yes i think there's a lot of biological merit behind that argument but same with girls it's like some of them might peak earlier than than usual and not everyone's gonna keep improving all the time and i think we saw that we saw that this year with thomas Hallman. he sort of he didn't he still went best times in most of his events and he still swam really fast but he didn't see the the major drops that he saw last year and i think that's just gonna happen we can't just expect them to keep on improving just because they're young boys and we've seen We've seen this a lot in the past as well with Ryan Hoffer, who was very, very fast in high school, but he maybe didn't see, he didn't really see major, major drops until he was a senior in college. So that, that kind of stuff happens. So I think when we look at swimmers like Thomas Hellman and Maximus Williamson, it's important to keep that in mind just because it's like, just because they're young swimmers and they're male doesn't mean they're going to have the same drops that every most male swimmers have in college because that's just not not how it works all the time 100 percent agree i coming into this meet in my head i was going to be very very surprised if thomas had big drops in those in his three major events two i am hunter fly and tuner fly which he dropped in two of them which i think is or he dropped in the two IM. He did drop in the two fly as well. Um, and then he was, you know, added a couple tenths in the hunter fly, I think. But like his times last year were so fast that like he he is without a doubt a better athlete last year than he was this year. But that doesn't always translate to crushing your best times from last year, right? You and mean like, a better athlete this year than last year? Yeah. Sorry. I yeah. He, he's a better athlete than he was a year ago, without a doubt. And we saw him drop in other events, right? 100 free, 200 free, 
but yeah, I like coming in. I was like, I don't think he's going to have huge drops because those times are already just so elite. And like you said, Ryan Hoffer was a great example. Went 41 2 as a junior in high school, did not go a best time for I six years in that in that event because it's like, well, there's already so little room for growth. And it's that's not to say he wasn't getting better every year after that, but sometimes it just takes a while. And I, yeah. so I also think there's two factors that are expanding athletes' runways men and women both ways. The first one is that pro careers last a lot longer now, right? Mm -hmm. And I think just technology in life has made it we so that we know how to take care of our our bodies as athletes. Sorry, I'm not a, I'm not an athlete, but athletes know how to take better care of their bodies now. There's more money in the sport or there's more ways to kind of stay with a professional career, if that's what you want to do. And you're at that level, because, you know, most of the time we would see people swim through college, retire at 22. Um, we still see that, but we see a lot more pros being able to extend their career. And in that way they can make improvements, you know? So to your point, we do see a lot of women who are getting better through high school, but then getting better through college and even getting better through their pro careers as well. Um, because I think the lifespan of a swimmer is longer. And so we're seeing more possibilities to get better, not only as swimmers, but as athletes. The second thing is that recruiting has gone backwards, right? You are mm -hmm. expected to be very, very fast as a sophomore in high school now so that by the time you are starting your junior year in high school you are getting recruited off of based off your sophomore times so i think especially for the boys side that has kind of made them be faster younger <clears throat> right well is that gonna make them faster younger or are our standards for being fast gonna change because they're younger I mean, I think both, like, I think we've seen the, the depth and the top end speed of, of 15 to 18 boys swimming, certainly just grow exponentially over the last five years. I mean, look how many nags we're seeing broken by kids like Kai Winkler, Thomas Heilman, Maximus Williamson, but then also look at the the top eight from a, from an East and West juniors, like it is faster than we've ever seen it. And I think that's because there is more, there is a higher sense of urgency to be fast at age 15 and 16 than there was five or 10 years ago. That's a good point to make. I so, didn't, I didn't really think of, I mean, with recruiting getting pushed, I think with recruiting getting pushed back, it definitely has different implications for different people because before the new recruiting recruiting rules, we were seeing people committing as early as their freshman year or even eighth grade. But then you're also, yeah, it's just, it's different for different people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> that was, that was a long winded conversation. That was super fun. 
Um, hope, hope, hope our listeners enjoyed this tangent yeah. and please feel free to leave your opinions and comments about, about, yeah. uh, about age group swimming below, but there's winter juniors in a nutshell. Um, some really great swimming high schoolers are fast. I think that's yeah. the biggest takeaway there. Like if you gave me, if you gave me another 30 minutes to talk about all the other swims that impressed me, I would take it, but we unfortunately don't have the time for that. Yeah. So there's winter juniors. Um, again, <laughs> let us know what you think about high school swimming. Uh, but we're going to move on to U S open, uh, which was two weeks ago, but we didn't get a breakdown last week. So we're going to recap it real quick. There were a lot of really interesting storylines that came about in Greensboro. Yin Yin, I'll let you start. Um, you know, give, give me your top one to three storylines that you really enjoyed uh, from the U.S. Open in Greensboro, which was long course, by the way. I, mean, I think this was a fan favorite storyline for most people, but I loved, loved, loved what I saw from both Caleb Dressel and Simone Manuel. But both of them sort of on similar trajectories. They're not swimming times that necessarily make them locks for the Olympic team, but they're swimming better than they have since before they went on their respective hiatuses, which really, really good for them. I really, really like where both of them are headed. And honestly, next year, even if they aren't at their peak where they were when they were swimming their fastest, but even if just both of them make the Olympic team, I will be happy. And I think both of them are on a trajectory to do that. So that was, that was my favorite storyline. What about you, Coleman? I mean, yeah, just absolutely the leadership that both of them bring. I think the presence that both of them have, like, is just <clears throat> irreplaceable. And I think as fans, we want to see both of them succeed because they are both so great. So loved seeing their results. Um, you know, I think the storyline of the meet was, was Shane Casas. <laughs> I, I saw this. Um, just you know, he made he missed three A finals. Uh, each I think he was ninth at least twice out of prelims, um, and then he came back with monster swims in the evening. He was one fifty six zero in the two hundred IM. He was. 51-0 in the 100 fly. And then his 100 free was not as stellar as those other swims. I think he was 48, 8, nine. or 9. Okay. Um, but, you know, he had he had swims that I think put him on top of the world rankings or certainly on top of the U.S. rankings in the 2IM and the 100 fly uh, after missing A finals in both. So, you know, he's... He is swimming well, but it, it, it's kind of a question of leading into the Olympic trials. Can he put those kinds of swims together at trials? Because I think if he goes those times at in the trials finals, I think that puts you on the team in both of those events. Um, yeah. Which is crazy that he's swimming times that would make an Olympic team right now. Yeah. One of our writers, Riley Overin, he did a story on Shane Costas breaking the U.S. Open in the 200 IM, and he wrote, the human roller coaster that is Shane Costas continued its riveting ride on Thursday night. That was so funny. A-plus journalism. <laughs> I think that was – I saw that headline, and I was like, I feel like that's a little harsh, but you, you know what? I, I can't deny the metaphor. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I think my serious take on Shane Casas is I kind of want to see where his headspace is at because we haven't really we haven't really heard from him since 2020 early 2022 when he first made that move to Texas I think a lot of people can agree I obviously don't I don't know him I don't know what his exact situation is but a lot of people seem to think that his sort of not being able to swim fast at the right moment problem is a mental thing so I'd be curious to see what kind of headspace he is in we weren't able to interview him at nationals because he wasn't available I think that would have provided some good insight but just I I would just like to hear from him about his his take on his swimming and where he's at because he he definitely is a human roller coaster and I I don't really know what to expect from him so there's that if Coleman if you could get him on the podcast that would be great I don't know if we can but can it's worth a try now. Yeah, so it looks like we talked to him when his um, 90s sporty swim collection came out five or six months ago, um, which was like in the lead up to the 2023 World Champ Trials. Yeah, but that um, was more of a marketing thing. It was. That was fair. But I think we talked to him also about, you know, kind of his event trial lineup and kind of what he thought about it. But anyway, I, I'm I'm agreeing with you that um, we didn't get to talk to him at trials, in part because at a trials meet, you usually talk to the people yeah. who make the team. He did not make the team until the last day. And at that point, things are so hectic in the mixed zone and uh, everywhere because people are getting their letters that they made the team. And it, it's, it, it's a mess, honestly. But so, yeah, yeah I, we, I we didn't get to that. we didn't get to talk to Shane. But yeah, again, it, it'll be interesting to see what he's going to focus on, I think if he goes into Olympic trials, focusing on those three events, hundred free hundred fly two IM, I think that's a great event load. And I think that gives him great chances to make the team. It seems like the tuner back. He also has a great shot, but if he doesn't want to focus on that, I certainly wouldn't <laughs> fault him for that. Um, I think those three events he, he's proved he's phenomenal in and, Hopefully he can put it together when it counts at trials in them. Um, so moving on to uh, other storylines, we saw uh, on the women's side, Kate Douglas, Summer McIntosh, and Tori Husk all have phenomenal meets. They look great heading into this long course season. Tori Husk went two best times and then dominated the 100 fly. Uh, Kate Douglas did her thing in the 200 IM and the 200 breast. And swam the 100 breasts. Oh, she won the 50 free too. And then swam the 100 breasts, which was interesting. She told me that her event schedule at for trials was going to be pretty much the same as it was at US Open. I don't see her swimming the 100 breasts no, at trials. No. <laughs> Yin Yin immediately downs that, sinks it. Um, but, I, you know, I think we'll see her swim five events at trials five events of 50 free 100 free 100 fly, 200 i am 200 breast yeah makes sense <laughs> I, I i don't know what the what the conflicts are there she's obviously proved that she can do doubles just fine but i guess we'll see how you know it's a nine day meet <sighs> so long 
Uh, I know the women's 50 free is the last day of the meet, so I don't think there's a conflict there for her. But um, we'll see how that plays out. I think that's a great segue into sink or swim. First up today on sink or swim, we're setting the line over under. <laughs> this isn't necessarily sink or swim over under Kate Douglas makes the 2024 U.S. Olympic team in 2.5 events over or under union. I'm going to go over. She made the team in three events last year and could potentially make the team in more this year. Well, hold on. Yeah. Oh, you mean the hundred... world's team? Yeah. I mean, Sorry, this world's last, last right. season. Yeah. The 100 free, 200 breast, 200 IM. And I think she has a chance at making more than three at the Olympics. I hope she focuses on three events. Nothing more than that because she's sort of at this point in her career where she's really really good at a lot of events but only elite in a select few and i'd rather have her polish those select few elite events rather than trying to do a wide variety of things because her her best shot at olympic gold is in the 200 im and i i want to see her focus on that i want to see her put together a phenomenal swim for that rather than doing a bunch of events but not really excelling at any of them you heard it here for the first time ever yin yin wants kate douglas to swim the 200 i am well, she has never said that before on swim swim <laughs> <laughs> uh, never ever i'll go i'll go over as well i think you know olympic trials is its own separate beast you have prelim semis and finals obviously last olympic trials kate douglas made the team in one event uh, where she medaled. Um, I think she's obviously evolved as an athlete since then, but you know, she kind of had some heartbreaks, I think, and the hundred fly and the 50 for, I don't remember what else she swam. I know she got third or fourth in the hundred fly by a very slim margin, but I, I think she'll make at least three events. Uh, I do feel like the hundred fly is one that she might want to drop depending on scheduling um yeah. because i think 50 free 100 free two breast two i am are all really good events for her and events that she can definitely hopefully spread out with the schedule and also have great shots and meddling in she has a great shot meddling in the hunter fly too but i think that field is just a little more packed than the rest of them for her yeah and I just don't I just don't think the Olympic year is a good year to take up a new event and swim it at an international meet for the first time. Like she's good at it, but really swimming it on a big stage is a whole different beast. So I, I just don't see the point in doing that in an Olympic year. Yeah. So we're in agreement. She's gonna make the team in at least three events. <clears throat> Boom. Way to go, Kate Douglas. Fingers crossed for you. Next up on sink or swim. Maximus Williamson or Thomas Heilman at this point after the winter junior championships, who is the better recruit going into, well, they're still in their junior year, but who's the number one recruit right now? Is it Heilman or is it Williamson? I think this is difficult because Heilman is currently a much better swimmer on the world stage because he's a legitimate metal threat 
in the 200 fly and Maximus Williamson isn't there yet. But in terms of bathtub pool swimming, I think Which is what Williamson, we care about. Williamson has the slight upper hand <clears throat> because when you look at when you look at the sprints, Hellman is better in the 50, but Williamson's better in the 100 and 200. Williamson is better in the 200 IM. He has a 339 400 IM on top of that. Is pretty good at backstroke as well. And decent at fly. Whereas Howman, I think his talent is in the fly, but is in butterfly, but in most other events, he's not as good as Williamson. And so Williamson's just overall a much versatile swimmer who can be utilized in different ways, whereas Howman is versatile, but most of his strength is being put in one basket. But I think this is something that's going to fluctuate and they're going to go back and forth, back and forth until college. So I'm saying this right now, but this could change in a few months. But one thing we're not going to do is make them joint number one recruits because that is boring. A lot of commenters want us to do that, but that that is boring. We're not doing that. You said that is... Unless unless Brayden says otherwise, but I don't like that idea. You said that is buh, and I thought you were going to say a different B word. I was going to be like, Yin-Yin, I agree with you, but dang. Uh, But it's also boring. Um, I agree. You can't... joint, Joint number one's not a thing. I'm sorry to say that you're wrong, Yin-Yin. <laughs> this is not the case, and I'll lay it out. Thomas Heilman is still the number one recruit because if I was a college coach right now, Thomas Heilman can make three A finals, and I can put him, I can insert him onto four relays that will be top eight, right? He can swim 800 free relay, 200 medley, 400 medley, 400 free. 42 like it's pretty good from a swing let's say he's 41 I don't know 7 41 8 like I think that makes a top 8 relay pretty easily Maximus Williamson two well three A finals but not in the NCAA schedule right he's, he can swim 2 IM 2 free or 400 IM doesn't have a, a day 4 event that he can A final in oh, that's yet that's a good point uh and he can all i can put him on three two or three relays but i can't put him on medley relays yet uh he's 21 9 in the 50 back he's 47 i think in the 100 back so yeah from in from an ncaa perspective thomas heilman still has that upper hand and he actually Maximus gave himself huge points this weekend, but so did Heilman going 42-0 and 132-0. Um, and, and then that the 50 free helps too. Um, um, I also think, well, Williamson's pretty close to scoring in the 100 free. He's 41-9. He's close, close to scoring, but he's not, he's not making an A final, right? And Heilman has three solid A final swims. That's a good point. And, and, in the event lineup. So that's a good point. I, I think want, I may have just said Williamson to 
be contrarian, but now I'm realizing the, the <laughs> NCA lineup doesn't really work in his favor. The the one thirty one three was a crazy swing, yeah, right? Yeah. Like it's just like, like, oh my god! But when you look at yeah. it, Heilman is still to me the clear number one in terms of NCAA recruiting. Yeah, if the two hundred free and the four hundred IM weren't on the same day, then maybe this would be a different story. Yeah. But anyways, agreed. And last up, this is our this is our only true sink or swim on sink or swim. But Daniel Whiffen breaks a world record in the eight hundred short course meter freestyle. He's continuing to ascend in the distance swimming history books. Will he win gold in Paris? I'm gonna sink it. He's oh. not. He's not a very what? consistent swimmer. What do you mean? What? 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 what, what what's that reaction? For? I don't know. I'm just being shocked. Or, just, am I not wrong? I'm. I'm just reacting. Because at Worlds, I remember he was great in the 800, set a best time, couldn't medal in a really deep field, was off in the 1500, and then at the U23 champs, he was great in the 1500, but then was not very great in the 800 and he was he pretty light 800 at u23 or did he get beat he got beat he in the got, four he got but he won in the eight right he won in the 1500 i just remember yeah. people were talking about how he was inconsistent at that mate uh yeah he was second and added six seconds from worlds um and the eight or the four in the, in eight? the 800 in the eight dang yeah yeah. Okay. And he was pretty lights out at Euro short course, but you can't really compare short course to long course. And also, I feel like that is a lower stakes meet than Worlds. So, I I want to see him more consistent. And I just think there are swimmers right now that have gotten it done on the bigger stage and are faster than he is right now, like Bobby Fink and I'm at I'm at Hefnawi, so I'm gonna sink it. And it, it's just a very competitive field. So even even if he does go best time, there's still a chance that he ends up off the podium. So mm -hmm. you're gonna swim it, aren't you? You're gonna <sighs> swim it. I was gonna swim it like hands down, and then I was like, wait, it's not meddling, it's winning. Um you know, it's it's weird. So he had a lights out short course meet, right? And we know he can do it long course. What I found really interesting was that he won the 400 free. It was a relatively weak field time wise, but you know, he, he made a statement and won the foreign free on day one at this meet. <clears throat> so I'm interested to see if he swims the 400 free in Paris and if so, how he does in it, but then he has two more shots to get a gold or, you know, a medal in the eight and the 15. And I think, I think he does one of those, you know, I think the men's, so yes, I'm swimming it. <clears throat> I think men's distance is in such a fun and gr historically great place right now. I don't know if there's ever been this much depth no. in, in men's distance swimming ever, maybe, you know, it men or women, like you have five or six guys who could very legitimately win in the eight and the mile. Right. And we don't have a clear favorite at this point because so many of them have gone such elite times and in the mile, you know, it's like, you don't know if two guys are going to go way out ahead of the field. Like we saw at this worlds, we don't know if, 
you know, one guy is going to get out ahead of the field and, and keep it like we saw at last worlds, or we don't know if they're all going to be in a pack till the last 50, like at Olympics, you know, when Fink won. And so I think Dan Whiffen is, has a couple things to his advantage. He's the youngest and he is the most, he is the most inexperienced, but every ounce of experience he's getting, I think is building. It's building his confidence. It's building his mental strength. It's building how he can walk into a meet and say, this is how I want to perform. And now I'm going to go do that. He did with, uh, get it with an at the, at the last world championships, you know, he, he swam times <clears throat> in season that were better than what he did there. But I, I think he's going to learn from that. And I yeah. think also because he's the youngest, I, I think that bodes better for his trajectory um, than some of the other guys. Uh, I guess maybe he's not younger than Ahmed Hafnawi, but at this point I'm a little worried about Hafnawi just because his training situation. Yeah. I, you know, we, we don't yeah, exactly don't know, know what's going on. Yeah, he, he's like, he's training in SoCal. He, he had a ton of success training in Indiana, but, you know, that's a, that's kind of an X factor, so we don't exactly know what's going on with him. Yeah, and so. even even if he doesn't win gold at the Olympics this summer, I don't think this takes away from what his swims at this meet because mm-hmm. getting, getting rid of the oldest world record in the books and breaking it by three seconds, that is... That is so impressive, and I don't think his swim got enough attention this weekend. So, Dan- Daniel, don't come after me. That's just what I think, but I, I still think your achievements are great, and I'd be happy if he proved me wrong. Agreed. I mean, yeah, yeah. if he doesn't win in Paris, it's not a failure by any means. Um, you know, that, again, oldest world record in the book. But I do think that will affect him in a positive way, right? That'll give him a oh, lot of confidence sure. and moving forward, I think might might set him apart from the pack. But <clears throat> anyway, thank you for tuning into this week's Swim Swim Breakdown. I think we might take a little hiatus for the holidays, call it a year. Thank you so much for listening to the Swim Swim Breakdown all year, and we will see you in the Olympic year of 2024.